Hi guys, this is Benny. You're watching Lekker TV again, getting you the best advice from the best people in the world. Today, we have the coach of the DHL Stormers and Western Province, John Dobson. How are you? How are you yourself, Benny? Ah, really good, thank you. <laughs> John, it's a pleasure because South Africa is so important to me, as we know from this. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for coming on Lekker TV. No, it's, it's a great pleasure to be here, so. Ah, uh, thanks, Bru. <laughs> cool. So we'll start you off with just a bit of background. How are you finding coaching the Stormers and Western Province? Um, look, it's, it doesn't feel like I think it's what we chatted about before, Ben. It doesn't feel like a job. You know, if you're coaching sports, it's, uh, it's something to your passion. It doesn't feel like a job for one second. What is what is tough is the pressure and the stress. You know, I think we. We're probably the biggest supported sort of club or non-international rugby team in the world. You know, we yes. sell the most replica shirts, the most season ticket holders, the most, you know, our crowds are the biggest in Super Rugby. Uh, so it's a, you know, it's a, it's a franchise as you'll know from this area. The rugby is a massive passion. Yeah, one of the most iconic stadiums. So the pressure amongst the people here to do well uh, when you're not doing well is properly intense. You know. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move on. To, we're gonna move on to that. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah. As, as we would say in South African, it's a jaw. Doing something you love is a jewel. Can you can you explain to the it's English people? Uh, can you explain what a jewel is to the English people? They won't know. A jewel is um, South African slang. Not quite a. You know better than me, Benny. It's not quite a party, but it's, it's just like going out, going out, good time. Yeah, you're ripping it. Yeah. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Well, that's why we're speaking to you because my generation do want that. They yeah. don't want the office jobs anymore. But I've done some research on you. Done, yeah. Been on the Wikipedia. I John. couldn't agree more. It took you yeah. only three years, really, to get from university, or as you call it, varsity level, to provincial level. Is that true? Yeah, I, I moved. I wasn't. I was a late entry to coaching because I was having. Uh, I was working, like you say, doing that office job, and then I found <laughs> my passion. I thought, bugger that. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you do your, it's if your passion, you do it properly, you're gonna achieve quickly. Because okay. you're so into it, so that was the, that was it. I just did well. So how was it? How, how was the move so quick? Was it just because you did so well at University of Cape Town with their team, and then you moved to yeah. Western Province? Think, yeah, I think so. I mean, we had some good players, but we did so well. You know, we went from I think we were the bottom seeds, and we went to topping the log. You know, within the space of the season, and people can't not notice that. You know, so yeah. Often in sports, you know, the coach gets a lot of too much credit when it goes well, and he gets also gets too much stick. It's almost from football, you know, yeah. you fire the coach so quickly. So it's a bit inherent in rugby now. So suddenly because the team did well, it was all thanks to me. It was absolutely horseshit. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just give them the instructions and hope that they do their best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should be the manager of the Stormers now. <laughs> That's the advice. <laughs> okay, well, you mentioned this before, but what's the media pressure like being at provincial level? Because it's a way higher standard than university so tell me about the difference in the pressure i know you mentioned it before but i want to hear some more yeah it's um i suppose the the, the one golden rule is not to go onto any form of social media because it's just it's that, that you just get absolutely cleaned and you just feel worse you know you sometimes you go after a win i treat myself after winning because everybody says they don't read it Do so you? I, treat myself, I treat myself after a win to go and see with it and there's still some pricks that still hate me <laughs> <laughs> what did you look on what did you look on and, uh, you go into, uh, no, I only go into rugby websites. You know, I think uh, the guys know, but like, rugby, rugby no inspired. way. I, I hate but, um, social media, but I, I'm, it's part of my life and what I want to do, but I, I hate it. I think it's poison. But I, well, I think exactly, given what you're trying to do, it's part of your, it is part of it. It's I know, a reality. It's, 
Mm, it's such um, like a counterbalance that I've got to go through because uh, I'm trying to move away from it now because I've been on it for so many years and I will stay on it, of course, but I don't want it to take up so much of my day. But now what I want to do is going to be sort of very social media based. So we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to I'm going to go on Twitter and type in John Dobson after and see what people have to say. <laughs> But the main the main pressure is a from our bosses, which I think is the same as any sporting club in the world. Mm. Uh, even there's a lot of politics here. But the worst thing is the people. You know, you know when you go on a Sunday morning to the shops and you've lost, you want to put your cap down low. You know what I mean? That's that that you feel intensely. Like when you land back in Cape Town and you lost up in Joburg, mm. you land at the airport, you're walking through the airport. It's embarrassing. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? So what's the worst thing that's been said to you when you've been out and about? I've been spat at. Oh, no way. No, but at the stadium. So that's okay, because the guys have got a few beers in. Yeah, but that, that, uh, oh, really? That's yeah. terrible. That's terrible. Oh, I know. There was one game where, um, yeah. I can't remember, it's the bloke, a bloke, the bloke vomited in the stand. Um, obviously, we've been too much. And he put his hand and sort of flicked some at, towards our coach's box. You know, in rugby, you're, yeah. sitting, you're not like a manager in soccer. You sit up in the stand in a coach's box with a glass window. And this will vomit hit the window <laughs> of the coach's box. <laughs> well, you, you, you're taking it in good spirit. I think you have to. You have to take yeah. it. In. I, if I was in your position, I'd take it in that spirit instead of getting offended. Otherwise, it can really actually harm your performance. Probably as yeah, a I mean, you get you get more used to it. I mean, at first, it, you, you you've got to. Otherwise, you, you're right. You 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 you're exactly spot on. Um, I probably our team sports player because they used to call them psychologists now. High performance managers yeah. tells me the same thing because if you if you get affected by that, you won't coach as well. And then you affect your performance. So it's, it is that simple. You're right. Exactly. Right. And now we're going to move on to current times with the pandemic, which is very, very relevant. So how are you keeping the players focused during the whole pandemic? And because me and my dad have been watching the news and we see a lot of people are dropping out of cricket test tours because you have to stay in a support bubble or just a bubble with those people so you don't pass on the virus they can't see their families so have you had any issues with that and keeping the players focused yeah i mean it's probably similar across the world we 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 haven't gone into two in south africa in sports we haven't gone into too strict to buy our bubbles so we get tested twice a week and we we sign a protocol of home work home training home training like you can't go to shops or or restaurants, you've got to get other people to do it for you. And that's the sort of protocol, which is better than, like you suggest, it's better than me locked in a hotel room all the time. And so it's not too bad. Our players, we've had quite big pay cuts here and they're still going on. I don't know what the story in UK football and rugby is, if they've gone back to full pay, but we're still on like 40% off. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's been like seven months or six, no, you're right, seven months now. How's that taken? Do you think that's taken away from some people's performances, the, the fact that they're being paid less? I think, no, not too bad, because I think what's happened is the guys realise that the rugby market across the world is contracted. You know, even English clubs or French clubs are, are, you know, are, are cutting their spin because of the pandemic. So they can't really run out of South Africa like they used to, you know, to go off to Japan or France or England. Those opportunities aren't there. So the guys, I think the guys are relatively appreciative of the, of the, of, of the environment. The weirdest thing, uh, yeah, obviously the hard lockdown was really tough and you could sense the stress levels. So before we used to chase the guys, Benny, we had WhatsApp groups and online, you know, we did bake-offs, you know, of, uh, competitions amongst the players and they had to sing a cappella on Zoom and stuff like that. And then you just felt the energy just disappear. It got, oh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. first months, April, and then they, they just, and I, I still shut everything down. 
and just gave them off for a couple of months and said, listen, Japs, we'll recon re re reconfigure and recondition later. Because you could sense that the, you were just sort of throwing seeds on barren land, you know, the guys yes. who me. But now they're playing again. But the weirdest thing is the stadiums. It's just mm. so freaky. That's what Gavin Hunt told me because he's, he's at the the PMB Stadium, is it in uh, Joburg? You know the big bowl that yeah, day, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the international exactly. stadium, and uh, he said he can hear his voice echo when it's, he shouts. It's, it's incredible. It's it, it's you hear every gasp of breath, every you know when the players hit each other here, you hear it. Um, it's like you feel like you're training when they're warming up. You know what I mean? Because because there's nobody there. And yeah. next thing the battle starts. I mean I. I get so nervous, but there's nobody there. So I go for a walk around the stadium. I go into the ladies' toilets. I walk. <laughs> I do everything. I go walk. Yeah. I go walk the stadium. <laughs> so next next time fans are back in the stadium and the girl goes into the ladies' toilets and there's a log there, we'll know it's from John Dobson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's... um. That's really interesting, actually, because fans are such a big part of sport, and yeah, it's nice. It's nice to hear from someone like yourself that you're actually affected by it, and you find it strange. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it yeah. Is, it is. All right, so we're going to move on to one question about the box, because I this is a genuine question I had. I wasn't sure if um, it applies in provincial rugby. Is there a quota system at, at provincial level, as it is with the Springboks, and for the UK and other people around the world watching, can you just explain quickly what the quota system is, in, you know, in terms of race? Yeah. Um, cricket in South Africa has got a formal one. The, it, it's more done in the spirit of what's right for the country and for the sport. So we always at the Western Moments choose a team and then afterwards we double check the numbers. We're not engineering to have players of okay. colour. I think that's fair. There needs to be so a correct balance, of course. Essential. Yeah. That's my job. Is to make sure we're never selecting because of skin color. Um, that's okay. my job as a coach. Okay, and well, so that, that's good. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. It, it's sometimes tight and sometimes tough, but it's the right thing for the sport because if rugby doesn't transform completely, there's going to come governmental pressure, which is right. And then the thing's going to derail and the whole thing of 2019 falls apart. You know, so. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Well, look, a lot of people in England don't realize about that system. I've explained to them with South African sport, they do have a quota. In some yeah. cases, just because of the whole history of South Africa. So, I want yeah. someone like you involved in it to sort of explain. But I think you've done that perfectly. Thanks, John. Okay. Come okay. on, look. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you've been great so far. We're going to move on to the next bit now. We're, right, I'm going to share the screen with you. I'm going to show you some videos, and I'm going to ask you some uh, questions on the videos. I think you, you, there's four. You should get. I think all four, based on uh, your experience, I think. So, John, thanks for a bit of the background. This is the Lekker feature round where I ask you some interesting questions. We're going to test your knowledge on South African rugby. So, watch this video and then yeah. I'm going to ask you a question on Brian Habana. Bring him out of retirement. Bring him out. <laughs> <laughs> so you should get this one, John. What stadium was this try scored at? Flip, I wasn't looking, but I'm going to say the Forsyth Bar Stadium down in Otago, uh, in Dunedin. Is that right? Yes, Dunedin. There yeah. you go. There you go. No, you're not, you're not meant to look. You're meant to um, watch it, and then we'll we'll see how 
far your knowledge reaches past that. <laughs> cool. Right. Let me get um, the next one up. I hope you get the Springbok job one day. Honestly. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Right. Watch a few videos of these of Percy. So, John, watch this badly edited video of Percy Montgomery. Go watch it for watching kick a few kick a few balls. I hope you watch this game. You must have. Yeah, <laughs> Never know. <laughs> cool. So this is from the 2007 World Cup final. Yeah. So Percy won it for South Africa. The guy kicking. Yeah. What was the final score in this game, and who was it against? It was 15-6, and it was against England. Ah, oh, he's lecker, he's lecker, he's lecker. Oh, smashed it, smashed it. Perfect, right, two more. Percy scored 12 points, I think Franz Tanker went on a long penalty. Mm. And he's, he made, um, made I've not seen him for ages, but I was watching, uh, it was against you, and he's made a... No, he, he, was, he was man of the match against us on Saturday. Mm. I remember he used to be really erratic when we were younger, my dad. He used to, right. get, <laughs> he used to be erratic, um, Frank Stein. But how old how old is he now? He also must be quite old. He was he was 19 in that World Cup, so that's 13 years ago, so he's 32. Mm. But he's played two World Cups. He's won two World Cups. Uh, mm. He's uh, played three. Wait, did he play? In, was he in the 2019 squad? Yeah, he was in the squad. He came he came on as a substitute. Oh, no way. Right. Right, this is classic Western province who you manage. Yeah. Okay. We're going to watch a few iconic tries from them at Newlands in the 80s. Did you go to any of these games? Everyone, I was at every one of these games you no showed me. My, my dad, yeah, my dad said it was 10 rand a ticket. Neil Berger's going to score. In the, Neil Berger's going to score, yeah, the number 14. That's right. Yeah. So it was about 10 round the ticket today. I think that's yeah. around 50p in UK currency if you 100%. take it to today's, yeah. 100%. Right, so this is Michael Duplessis. Yeah. His son plays for us at the moment. Pardon? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, saw, I read, I read. These guys, Rob, my dad said these were the best players in the world at the time, but you just couldn't. 100%. Yeah, 100%. you just couldn't um, watch them play international because of yeah. the politics. So, John, in this 1980s Western Province team, who were the three brothers that played? Um, Carl, the number one that just scored the number 11, was Carl mm -hmm. Duplessis, the centre number, I can't remember if it was 12 or 13, Billy Duplessis, and the flower number 10, Michael Duplessis. He's too good. He's too good. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Right, one more. This one I think you'll like. <laughs> check, check. So, the, this is... Um, a press this is a press conference that I found. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find press conferences? No, I enjoy them. It's do good. you? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Can you hear right now? Yeah, yeah there's a we're in a good space here. Right? <laughs> yeah. What happened against the Bulls recently? That was quite unusual for a rugby game. Uh, luckily, uh, we got stopped by lightning. Yeah. 
Yeah, the rain came. We were we were already 36. We were in trouble. I think we were yeah. 38 six down. Yeah, and about three minutes to go. It was a humiliation. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, it yeah. was. But you know what? I've watched you in in press conferences, and I can tell that you enjoy them. I think it really does depend on the the person. But I feel someone like you, if someone asks a challenging question, then I feel like you'll be able to answer it well. Definitely. Yeah, they're quite useful. I mean, they're quite fun because you've got to think on your feet and you're also trying to play the media to a degree. You're trying to get a message across. Uh, yeah. Without, sometimes subtly. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, and try and put some of the guys uh, in, in a box without being rude. It's quite fun. It's a little yeah. bit of a task. <laughs> so did you have media training when you stepped up from university level to provincial level? No, but I came from... You know, my 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 working life, I was in sort of media and uh, sports media and that sort of stuff. So oh. I, I yeah, I sort of backed myself, and I'm a lawyer, but a lord, I'm a lawyer by trade. So oh, I read that as well. I've got a law degree. So you have? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you looking surprised? <laughs> From the university. Why are you studying Greenstein, Greenstein, and Greenstein? <laughs> Another question a young person may have. Do you have to have played professionally to be a professional rugby coach? No, well, I didn't. I wasn't hopeless. I played. Uh, <laughs> I'm one of those coaches that yeah. say, do, do as I say, not as I do or yeah. did. And, uh, uh, and there are quite a few uh, guys who haven't played professionally coaching at, at a high level. Yeah, Jake White won a World Cup with us. Uh, had never, had never um, played as, a, as a, you know, professionally. I mean, I just played for the, the local university, a little bit of provincial rugby. So, no. It's all about your empathy uh, and, to my mind, your understanding of people and uh, the environment, how to navigate the environment. So that's basic EQ and IQ stuff. It's not, uh, you know, you've yeah. got to play the game, but that could have been mm. social. You know, it's understand what likes to get a big tackle when you get tired. You've got to sort of say, so I understand you're tired there. Yeah. That's pretty sure the big guy was running at you. But that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no I, no, I get you, I get you. Look, because uh, a lot of people think that if you want to be a professional coach you do have to have played the game especially in other sports like football but I think what you've made very clear is that as long as you navigate the path correctly then who says that you can't get there as long as you've got an understanding and passion for the game yeah 100% right exactly. uh, yeah it's gotta, it's gotta be your passion if you're not if, if you're not passionate about it, then don't even bother it's not gonna work, mm. not gonna work. okay so moving on to the actual game some young people may be fearful of even starting. Do you think the current rules protect the players enough in terms of safety? Look, there's definitely a big emphasis now on trying to avoid the concussions and and you know some of the old traditionists like me are saying, ah, uh, you know, there was a, there was a, the Bulls are playing the Sharks and the referee carded somebody or something, and the two captains told the referee we might as well play touch rugby, which is yeah. a bit of a antiquated because you know. You've seen the cases in the UK now with the Alzheimer's and the dementia stuff. Steve Thompson, the guys who won the World Cup in 2003 with England. So, no, I, I think we're in the right direction, uh, but we're not there yet. It, it's got to be made safer still because, uh, you know, <laughs> the kids growing up now, the, the what's Generation Z or whatever, mom's not going to be happy coming back with a yeah, broken heart. My day, mom, yeah. mom was proud, you know what I mean? It, yeah, but now mom's angry. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, look, that is a big fear, especially with our generation, because the technology is better, you can do more studies and and you can make more comparisons, but it would be a shame that people miss out on rugby because of that fear. So, 
do you know what we could do to make it safer? Have you had any thoughts about it or any recommendations? Well, well, I think I think your your fear your fear is right because we don't want to end up like gridiron. And so um, you know, in soccer, you can go and play. I don't know what, who's down which clubs down the road from you, but you know, Manchester you United. Game, okay, I haven't heard of them. But who um, <laughs> <laughs> do you support? No, I support Leeds. Oh, do you? Yeah, because they had the South Africans there in the 90s. They had Radaby and um, the striker, Filmer Singer, died. Yeah, they were, yeah. yeah. They were, so we, we were amazed when there's a band that came out of England called Kaiser Chiefs. And that was, of course, was because Lucas had come from Kaiser Chiefs. You know, yeah. And that's what they named the band when he was playing for Leeds. Yeah. Um, well, no, but well, the, um, you know, what I was saying about gridiron is there's no such thing as social gridiron, American football. It doesn't exist. You know, you're either playing professional, whether it's college or NFL, but you can't go pick up a game for the local club in New York. The game is too dangerous, too far removed. Yeah, and that's quite sad. That I mean, there's a massive sport with a participation of probably a couple of thousand people, mm. whereas football is, you know, a few million people across the world. And that's the danger rugby has to make sure we have to make it safer. And the one way is to drop tackle, tackle heights, um, you know, to well below, to my level below, so without being too crude, so nipple level. Said anything up there, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's you know, I, but I, I think it's, a, it's an incredibly hard balancing act because rugby got a certain thing about being guys, you know, got to be able to have fat, fat guys, thin guys, tall guys. That's the beauty of rugby, mm. you know, everybody's soccer ranges 70, 75 kilos to 85 kilos. You know, we've got from 130 down to 60, mm. and it's important we keep that balance in rugby. So just got to drop the tackle height, I think. Yeah, okay, well, good because I. Uh, enjoy watching so I don't want it to go anywhere and it's a shame it's a shame that there is potential for it to happen maybe in the in the long future unless something is addressed yes I agree. Yeah, but yeah definitely um so moving on which country don't be biased here which country do you think gets the best out of their young players and why are they different from other countries which country gets Look, the best young players in the world are not kind of being biased are in South Africa. Our school hey, system. Hey. Yeah. Our school system here is just <laughs> it's just phenomenal. You know, nobody else breeds the beasts that we breed out here. That's just the, that that is that's why we're all over the world. Our danger actually been is becoming like Fiji, becoming net exporters. We've got so many young talented players. Yeah. Guys are playing in France, playing in England, playing in Japan, playing in the States. Uh you know, New Zealand rugby changed dramatically when they sort of, the Polynesian influence, you know, and they're used to a team which was, you know, white Anglo-Saxons. And now that team looks very, very different now. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think, look, England have got the most players, but in, to England's fa in England's credit, a lot of those players are social players, which is what we were talking about earlier. You need guys who would go and work in the bank Monday to Friday, go and play a game, have a few beers on a Saturday afternoon. But I think in terms of young talent, you know, there's no question the South African school system is absolutely scary. You know, that. Um, there's a derby in Cape Town, which you probably know about, Paul Jim versus Paul Boys, about 50Ks outside Cape Town. That guy, that, that guy, that game sells out 30, 40,000 people every no year. No way. Really? Did he play in Newland? No, they played at an old stadium in Paul. Uh, oh, it's okay. Paul Jim against Paul Boys. But you could sell the tickets five times over. Really? But that's another level. I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's incredible, the, the, the schoolboy talent we've got here. Okay, so any young person watching should go, should emigrate <laughs> to SA then, if they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if they want the profit. Listen, England, England's not bad. Uh, England's good. Uh, France is good. But England, England would probably be my second choice. 
I think New Zealand are sort of inundated now with natural talent coming from the Polynesian influence. I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, but no, every time I go past the schools in South Africa, I do see the rugby grounds, you know, sacks and, uh, yeah. and yeah, they've got grounds for days for the sport. Yeah. They're very sport orientated, definitely. But if you think SA is the best, then I'm happy with that decision, John, because <laughs> it's my favourite place too. Okay, this is my final question now. So a young person with a small build, they may be really talented. What should they focus on? Because they may be exceptional mm-hmm. or handlers, but they may be too physically small. So do you think they should carry on improving their ball handling and become a complete playmaker or should they become more physical? No, the go, the playmaking skill, that's what you can't, that's what you can't buy in rugby. And you can jump up, uh, but if you look at probably the most, almost arguably one of the best players, the best player in the world at the moment is my mind, Cheslin Colby, who plays for Toulouse, the South African winger. Uh, he must be, I coached him at Western Province for years. I mean, he yeah. must be, he's 70 odd kilos. He's probably not even 1.7 meters tall. And he's just absolutely electric. Obviously, he's a freak. Yeah. But uh, you can't, as a coach, we can get big guys to do holding jobs, but you can't get guys with X factor, you know, step and pass. And that's the hardest stuff to coach. So I'd say that guy, I mean, I hope you get Fuff on it because that's, he's that, yeah, Fuff is the ultimate little guy who punches way above his weight. So, yeah, no, keep going with the ball stuff. Uh, okay, cool. Well, that's good because some people may be discouraged by their stature, but they may be exceptional with the playmaking, you know, ball handling, passing, even kicking. Yeah, yeah, even, Billy, yeah. even even if you're not exceptional, the guy, if, if you work really hard and become a good decision maker and something, that stuff, it's harder stuff to coach than just getting the guys bigger. And yeah, even if you're a workman like Scrum Off, you know, it's just literally a good passing. You can teach yourself to pass. You don't have to have magic talent. Yeah. But that's, that's what rugby has to be. It has to be a game for all shapes and sizes. Otherwise, we become like rugby league or just another sport. So. Oh, I hate rugby league. It's yeah. cack. Cack. <laughs> it's cack. I, I can't watch it. I don't know nothing about it, honestly. I don't even know any yeah. of the don't know any of the players. Yeah, what is it? So guys lying on top of each other, they're trying to get up and they're doing yeah. like the worm on the floor. <laughs> well John you've answered all my questions can't wait to see you managing the Springboks very soon another World Cup please (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no you've advised the young people watching perfectly seriously so thank you so much for coming on the show I really appreciate it thanks Billy it's been a pleasure enjoy your vibe very much and I'll Uh, be following I love your vibe I'll be watching, I'll be following Lekker TV myself. Uh, oh, thank you, thank you. Well, yeah. this has been Lekker TV. I've been your host, Benny. Thank you. I'll see you next time. So, but you've got a common law system, I'm sure, like me. Yeah, we're based on Roman Dutch law. Yeah, yeah. Com- com- yeah, yeah, common law as well. Uh, but I didn't want to carry it on. It wasn't for me. But, I mean, it's probably one of the intros you made to this, to this, this chat was do you really everybody got nobody goes to the lawyer because it's good news or it's always because there's a problem or they're trying to avoid a potential problem and it's just too negative eh? exactly look yeah. i wasn't i'm not the character to sit and read and read reams of case law and everything because of my personality i want to speak to people like you and look you've also it's nice to have it as a foundation though to, to study that it was look i don't regret uh, studying it and I'm sure you don't either, because it is a good experience and something to fall back on in case you get the sack.
Yeah, it's win. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in those four lecture questions, you got four out of four, which is perfect. Thanks, perfect. Full marks, John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, the whole point of Lekka TV is advice for young people, and you're in a very unique position. So hopefully, I can ask you a few questions, and you can inspire young people to get to your position or a similar one. So the first question is, how quickly could a young rugby coach expect the jump from, say, university level into the English Premiership or into Super Rugby that you play in with the Stormers? Because it's hard to put an exact number on. Yeah, it is. It's no, there's no traditional career path where you become a junior associate and then you become a partner. It's all about timing. So, you know, the positions open up. But the, the thing is that you've got to make sure that you're front of the queue when that gap opens. You know, it could be guys coming off contract or the previous coach gets fired. You never know when that's going to happen. In my case, it was reasonably quick. Um, but that's because I was putting my ass at the front of the queue going, you know, yeah. pick me, pick me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, that's, and that's the key because the gap will come uh, and you just got to literally make sure you're at the front of the queue, like jumping up and down and making a noise. Yeah. And then in rugby coaching, that's the case that is doing well, being innovative, I think you know players remember coaches who who are empathetic, who are kind, um, and sometimes being straight has been kind. Yeah, you know, but guys are kind, who take an interest in them and are quite innovative. Mm. So, you know, I used to get my guys doing tackling drills with balloons, and the, you know the idea was to make the guys pop the balloon. But yeah. the guys would remember that. You know, yeah. Ah, you know, that guy down at the storm, as you see, or UCT, the University of Cape Town. He's making us train with balloons, you know? So it's just about being in the front of the queue and making noise. Okay, so it is a lot about timing, but... It is timing, but the, but the thing is, you've got to stay in the fight. So, because yeah, then, then, it, then it just goes like, doof, 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 and it opens up and you can get a name and a reputation. Yeah. But it's about staying in the fight. And it's yeah. hard sometimes, because you invariably doing another job, you know, or you, you know what I mean? You're doing it as a part-time, you're doing it as a passion, and some guys can fold and go and play Xbox or go and watch Netflix. And yeah, you just stay yeah. In the fight. yeah, no. Perfect. That's a perfect answer. I, I respect that because I'm so ambitious and I'm always pushing, always pushing. So I, I respect it a lot, honestly. I love people with ambition. 